coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. It's the Game Boy's 30th birthday, which means it's finally old enough to vote. Uh, that's 18. To drink. That's 21. To rent a car. That's 25. Well, what is it old enough to do? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Smash Ultimate version 3.0 and Reggie teasing fans, even in retirement. Then on Thursday, we're going to be discussing Cuphead and Katana Zero on Switch. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. Mm -hmm. So happy to be here. Very good. Check it off the list. The the list of, like, uh, things I usually say. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Yeah. In uh, NCS Bingo. That's right. Um, what 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 other things are on NCS Bingo? You know what? I don't want to have this conversation because then I'm gonna I'm gonna become self conscious about things that I say or phrases that I use. It's part of the fun, is it? For uh, presumably oh, yeah, for, for, for somebody people. listening to it. Yeah. All right. Well, if someone wants to make NCS Bingo uh, and send it to us so we can disseminate it to everyone else, yeah. Oh, I would love that. Okay. Oh, all right. Mark would love it. I feel intimidated by it. <laughs> that might be something that you would check off on your bingo card. Uh, Patrick expresses self-doubt. <laughs> you could email that to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Other things you can do with that email address. Two more that I can think of offhand. Go. One, get on that list to borrow Patrick's copy of Sonic Forces. It's funny we don't normally lead with uh, being on the list. We normally lead with borrow Sonic Forces. Here's the thing. The list is better than the game. Get on the list. You'll have more fun than playing the game. All you you is- get to interact with Patrick, which is mm-hmm. a blast. <laughs> Mark's not wrong. I'm so much fun to interact with. Number. Oh, wait. How do you do that? You email us your uh, address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. You're on the list. That's a great thing about the program. That's right. Another great thing about the program is it costs you nothing. Mm-hmm. When your turn is up, Patrick will mail it to you mm-hmm. after confirming with you that you still want it. Yep. People change. Maybe you, at one point in your life you wanted Sonic Forces, and then, I don't know, you threw off the sheets one morning, and you were like, I'm a changed person. I'm different now. And the way in which I am different is that I no longer want Sonic Forces. So Patrick will confirm it with mm-hmm. you. And then when he mails it to you, he also includes postage. So you can return it. This costs you nothing. It's crazy. Not just postage, postage and packaging. Like you, it's literally in the envelope. Could not be easier. It it could not be easier. Number two. Thank you. We're doing our listener question. Listener question. 250-ish episode spectacular. It's going to be coming out on May 9th. Mm -hmm. But that means that we need you to submit your listener questions by May 5th. And if we don't get questions from people, and the show is without questions, Mark and I will sit here in silence for 45 uninterrupted minutes. And you will be the one that made us do it. That's right. The shame will only be yours. Luckily, that won't be the case. Right. Because you are going to email us questions, and you can email questions to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. These questions can be on any subject, basically. That's right. Uh, you, want to, you want us to answer questions about Nintendo? Great. You want us to answer questions about ourselves? Great. You want us to answer questions about each other? Challenging, 
but great. Yeah, maybe we'll just turn this into like a uh, fun podcast version of the newlywed game. That's right. I feel like you and I are like newlyweds, except that we've known each other forever. <laughs> we've known right. each other much longer We're than like most newlyweds. We're like modern newlyweds, That's where right. like you live together for a really long time. That's right. That's exactly And then you eventually get married, and it's just like mm-hmm. formality more than anything. Right. Like you've basically been married and everything but named the whole time. Right. Thank you already to uh, Lizzie, Jack, Elliot, Miles, and Mitchell for sending us questions. But don't think... That gets any of the rest of you off the hook. No, look, some of these questions could be, what's your favorite color? That How long is it going to take us to answer that question? Seconds. Yeah, I mean, we could answer it right now, so you wouldn't have to send that one in. I'm not going to, though. <laughs> save it. Save your good material. No, I, I would like to know, Mark, what is your favorite color? Well, now I'm going to save it, because otherwise our show will be imbalanced if somebody does ask that, us mm, that question. I see, I see. I'd just I be see. like repeating information, or I would say nothing, and then you would answer and then we just our rhythm would be off. My answer is I don't believe in favorite colors. I don't have one. <laughs> Mark, let's get into some debugs because we got we got we got a bug. We have a bug. Uh, I would really prefer to call this because nobody got hurt with this one, right? Sometimes our debugs dangerous. Yes, it's like a recall. We're getting we're like fixing our mistakes. Uh-huh. This one was more of like, uh, did I do that? Where people are charmed by our mistakes. It's more Urkelian. You're saying yes. And so uh, last week we said that the upcoming Final Fantasy XII port that will be re- released for Switch later this month was the last of the announced Final Fantasy ports coming to Switch. But of course, that is not true. There's at least Final Fantasy Crystal, Chroni- Crystal Chronicles still out there. So we forgot about Crystal Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, easy to do. Easy to do. So easy, in fact, that we did it. That's how easy it was. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So I've been playing Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Me too. Um, I was playing it on the train on my way down to San Diego this weekend. Um, and part of the reason uh, is that we've, we got some news about it last week. Mark, let's temporarily get into the news. Nintendo released Super Smash Brothers Ultimate version 3.0 last week. They announced the release date on Tuesday, and the new version came out on Wednesday, April 17th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Um, a little heads up, guys. Just like, just like, uh, just the tiniest sliver of heads up. I mean, at this point, you know we record our shows on Monday night at 8 p.m. That's right. You do know that. <laughs> so just throw us a bone here. Right. Um, part of, so what did this include? Yeah. Well, uh, the first fighter pack, mm-hmm. which included Joker from Persona 5, a new stage, Memento. And then music from Persona 5, Persona 4, and Persona 3. Right. And all of those could be applied to the Memento um, stage. stage. Mm-hmm. Or they, they all appear on there. And depending on uh, what game the music is from, it changes the color um, of the stage. It's either red, yellow, or blue. And I think, I think that's uh, 5, 4, and 3 in that order. Um, but having not really played any Persona games, I don't know that I'm right. I had not picked up the Fighters Pack. Um, which is the, it's like 25 bucks and you get all five DLC mm-hmm. fighters and the stages and all the stuff that comes with it when they're released. Um, I didn't pick that up yet, but ooh, I got sucked into the hype yeah. for the Joker update. So as soon, as soon as I like went home and spent the 25 bucks to down to get it. Yeah. Cause you, cause you're like, I either spend the $6 now and then $6 every time or just buy the whole thing. Just for buy the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, 
separate Mii Fighter costumes. Oh, I'll just go on record saying that I bought it right away. I bought it with Smash. <laughs> I was like, Smash to me is an $85 purchase. That's mm-hmm. just what it is. Uh, separate Mii Fighter costumes as paid DLC. They're 75 cents each. There's a Morgana hat from Persona 5. Uh, she's like the little cat. Persona 4 protagonist uh, for the sword fighter me. Yeah, it's, it's a whole costume. Teddy hat from Persona 4. Persona 3 protagonist for the sword fighter. Tails, random, not Persona related. Right. Sonic related um, from for the gunfighter me. Knuckles for the brawler me. And, uh, of course, more to come in the future. So, uh, I believe both Tails and Knuckles were costumes that were in Smash 4. Oh, um, That okay. were also available. I, I think they were part of, um, like, uh, when you would buy, like, a bigger pack of, of uh, like, DLC content. So, like, there was already, like, a character and a stage um, kind of, like, wrapped up in all of that. Uh, and, you know, mind you, you could buy a lot of that stuff piecemeal mm-hmm. uh, a- as well. Um but I believe I had both the Tails and Knuckles uh, costumes in Smash 4 as part of other stuff that I bought. These are not included in our, in the uh, Fighter Pass. Or That's right. It came in the Smash Ultimate 3.0 update. Yes. But unrelated. Unrelated. Something you will have to spend your money on uh, separately. 75 cents for each one. There's six of them. So, you know, that's uh, a couple bucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing that math. <laughs> <laughs> uh some free updates. Oh, hold on. I wanted to touch Oh yeah, on, yeah, please. I want to touch on the the fact that there is, is more to come. Um w- we had not known that there was going to be this kind of like granular uh paid DLC in this thing uh beyond the fighter pass. So uh, it's uh, I guess you can't blame Nintendo for for doing it. Um but I for one am a little like, "Oh, all right. Okay, here's here's more stuff that I'm just probably never going to get cuz I'm not going to throw down like a buck. Well, I never used the Mii Fighters. Totally. So, like, this is invisible to me. Yeah. Uh, there were also some free updates to the game. Stage Builder. Yep. Which we ragged on pretty hard uh, before we knew it was coming. Did we rag on it? I think so. I think we were both, like, in summary, it's fair to say we were both, like, Stage Builder sucks. Whoa. All the stages built with I Stage Builder I feel like we suck. were dismissive at most Okay, negative. all right. <laughs> I think that, you know what? I like that. Yes, we yes. were dismissive. We were like, stage builder, who cares? Yes. Yeah. And uh, we were b- kind of basing that on our own personal experience with stage builder, which was um, just like terrible levels. Right. But people have shown some real creativity with uh, the ult- stage builder ultimate, the Smash Brothers ultimate stage builder. There you go. <laughs> I got there eventually. Well, it, it seems like there are, are a lot of tools in this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can make platforms that move around, that rotate, um, and you can draw just like right on the screen. So it, it seems like it's a, a pretty robust tool set. So, I, I mean, that's, yeah. What, what's the, what's, I am blanking on the name of the like cat Pokemon um, that. Meowth? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That's like the, the fighter one that will. Incineroar. Incineroar. Yeah. Um. I saw one that was posted on Twitter where it was like, uh, imagine like Incineroar's butt being pressed against glass. Uh-huh. And then there was like the perspective in, of Incineroar behind it. Put, putting his cheeks on the glass? Yeah, yeah. It was like, a, I mean, he was still, well, I guess, does he wear shorts? You think I would know because it was very up I close. Don't, I don't think he does. But anyways, that's like, that's creative. Yeah. Seems like there's a lot of creative stuff on Yeah, there. for sure. There's also the video editor. Mm-hmm. And you can share those videos 
um, and stages and Mii Fighters on Smash World, which is now available in the Nintendo Switch Online mobile app. Yep, and that's all stuff that you can uh, like do either through the app or through Smash itself. Right, so, you can like mm-hmm. find stages in the app that you think are cool and then queue them for download in the game. Uh, so Nintendo told us, told us all about this on Tuesday last week in a 15-minute 15, 15 long video. It's a long video. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of it became available the, the next day. Um, I was actually not able to download the update uh, at that evening when it went live because I kept getting that like. Oh yeah, their servers message. totally like crapped out. Yeah, couldn't deal with it. Uh, but got it the next morning, and here we are, five days later, and no one really is thinking about it <laughs> anymore. So good on you, Nintendo. All right, Mark, let's get out of this temporary news and get back to what else we've been playing this week. Did you mess around with Joker at all? Yeah, I I, I played through his uh, um, classic mode. Oh, uh huh. Um, and played with him a little bit in some Smash matches. He's fun. Yeah, I like I like the level too. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I also played some Kid Icarus SP. Hey, um, on on my recommendation of yeah, like, you should experience that that last level. Uh huh. What'd you think? Uh, it re- I mean, I guess also with the SP version. Was it easier, or do you have to get all three of those like special items? I believe you just encounter by the end of the all game. three of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, you were right. It was like a fairly easy, uh, side-scrolling shooter yeah. level, uh, and like feels almost nothing like the rest of the game. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a, a the game is so weird, but it but it was fun for me to like see the end of the game because yeah. I had never done that before. Um, um, I would just, I want also it to register. I did this as well. I played Kid Icarus SP just cause I was like, oh yeah. It I'd takes like, like the end of this game again. Three minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good use of your time. I have been also played while I was in the NES switch online, Super Mario Brothers, the lost levels. Mark, so did I. I had never actually played this game before. I mean, not never, but, uh, you know, it played it in. Uh, the Super Mario All-Stars collection and would play through like the first level and then be like, I don't need to do that. I don't need to do this to myself. Um, but I gave it like a real honest try. Um, had to look up a few walkthroughs for some levels because and anytime it was, it's one of those like maze Bowser levels. Oh, uh-huh. I'm like, I'm not going to figure this out. Like trial and error. No. Um, but I got pretty deep into it uh, somewhere in like the seventh world before I eventually like got to the point where I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Oh, nice. Were you, I, I got to like the world five. Were okay. you using the save states to what, make it easier for yourself? Yeah. But easier or possible. I was using it to make it even remotely possible. Yeah. I feel like the reason why it's so hard is because you only have three lives and it's really totally. difficult to like get more lives. Yeah. Because the especially with like a lot of modern platformers that are challenging, they know that you're going to die a bunch. So the game is just like built around that, where you respawn really quickly, you respawn close to where you died. Right. This is not that at all. This is not that at all, and it has the same like Super Mario Brothers one thing of like you need to collect a hundred coins to get an extra life, and if you're good in a level, you'll get like twenty six. Yeah. <laughs> So it it takes a, a real long time to collect enough uh, coins to get an extra life. So yeah, I was I was like unapologetically uh, save scrubbing. Um, anytime I beat a a level, I uh, saved it and created a little restore point, and so I could get right back to it. Yeah, for sure. I uh, but I I like this game. Like I think it's fun. Yeah, and I think that's like 
a good compromise way to experience it if you've never played it before. Totally. And th- there are parts of it that I, you know, I-, I see why, like, I never would have been able to get past the, uh, some of these parts without the, the save states. Um, the the levels where you have to, like, jump on a spring and then, like, the wind carries you mm-hmm. and you just have to, like, know <laughs> where you are above the green um which just seems like impossible to me it's it's not the difficult platforming or like the overabundance of enemies or uh even the the weird kind of like kaizo block that'll like mess you up that bothers me as much as those sort of just like blind jumps where i'm like well i'm gonna do it right eventually but you know there's no uh, not reliably yeah i mean the the thing that i was so glad there were save states for is the game really like makes you use every ounce of the jump physics yes at so many points where it's like in order for me to make this jump i have to take off at like the perfect moment you have to have the the exact right amount of momentum and they're really like stingy with the amount of runway you have totally so it just like requires like perfect jumps and so i'm like yeah i'm totally scrubbing this yeah Uh, yeah perfect jumps and like with kind of stunning regularity where it's just like uh here's just like a a, just like a jump in the middle of the level it's not even like the peak of the thing you just have to regularly perform mario's jump perfectly yeah but i still like it i like this game yeah it's uh i i gotta say i enjoy playing it a lot more uh when it looks like super mario brothers one and not when it looks like super mario brothers one in all stars Mm -hmm. um the like eight bit graphics uh just feel more like true to that experience for me. Um also we have been playing uh Katana Zero and Cuphead, but we will get into those on Thursday. Um another game that I played a little bit of uh I I I was on a, a train to and from San Diego this weekend. Um and on the way back the train um hit a we we had a power outage on the train. Uh so we were stopped for like an hour and a half. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to play Mario Kart 8 uh, Deluxe. And what a, I mean, that's the game is just such a perfect time waster um, that I could, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's, it's so comforting. I'm just going to play Mario Kart and love it. I don't have anything new to report. It's just a very fun game. All right, Mark, uh, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, April 23rd, Mortal Kombat 11 is released for Switch. Crazy that this game is already coming out and it's already coming out on Switch. Are you picking it up? I don't know. If I do, I don't believe I'm going to get it on Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, unless uh, the reports are that it is as feature complete as um, the rest of them. But even still, I probably... Uh, I mean, you uh, have I, a fighting I, stick for the PS4. I do have a fight stick for the PS4. Mortal Kombat doesn't really feel like a fight stick game to me. Um, just did it originate in the arcades? It did. Oh, okay. Um, but it's just a uh, it a, a lot of like what I like about using a fight stick for Street Fighter. I mean, first of all, the the way its its buttons are laid out, um, that feels a lot more natural uh, or a lot like you have more options um, with all all six attack buttons. Uh, plus the uh, seventh and eighth, if you're doing like the all three uh, at at one time. But um, Mortal Kombat, modern Mortal Kombat, really seems to be designed for just the face buttons. 
and like the trigger buttons should be triggered with you know a separate fingers um and just the way a lot of mortal kombat move inputs are they're less based on like the fireball motion so like the ability to like clean sweep um with a fight stick is less useful um and actually doing a, a you know like scorpions um you know get over here in the original mortal kombat back back low punch um like hitting tapping back back on a fight stick is less intuitive than just doing it on a on a d-pad yeah that makes sense also coming out today is dragon's dogma dark arisen okay which is a port of dragon's dogma which i've never played but has a really good reputation among the people who have it kind of seems like a hidden gem of the ps3 era hmm and then on the 25th, on Thursday, SteamWorld Quest Hand of Gilgamesh comes out. Mm-hmm. I was about to say Gilgamesh, but not true. It's I Gilgamesh. Mean, that's the plan. Words that they're using there. I understand. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so this is it's a uh, card-based um, RPG, or like the combat mechanics are, are card-based. Um, and, you know, we enjoyed SteamWorld Dig 2. Um, we'll probably look into this one, if nothing else. And then on April 26th, Box Boy and Box Girl is out. Now, I am very excited Me, about this. I am also very excited for this. Uh, we've recently found out a, a price on this game. It's cheap. It's 10 bucks. Yeah, it's a steal. I think the games on the uh, 3DS were 5 bucks, Or like five ninety nine or something yeah, like that. Something yeah, something like that. But it makes sense because, you know, that was Box Boy. But here you're getting Box Boy and Box Girl. That's twice the box for twice the price. That seems fair to me. It, hey. Mark, that seems fair to me, too. All right. uh, Well, that's the new releases. Let's get out of that. And now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, it is the week of Endgame. Oh, it's like April Christmas. It is April Christmas. Um, so you're just ho- like you're really excited. You're hoping to not be disappointed. Oh boy, there's a, <laughs> a a child in this video who did not understand the etiquette of 433. <laughs> but I suppose that's part of a performance of 433. <laughs> um, yeah, I am excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get uh, this is a this is a stupid thing about me. I get nervous when there's a new episode of a TV show that I like. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be a good episode yet. I get nervous when there's a new movie in a franchise that I like, and I don't know if it's going to be good yet. So I'm currently feeling nervous about Avengers Endgame. I totally know what you mean. When I was in the theater watching The Force Awakens yes. the first time, um, through like the first time I watched that movie, I was so stressed out, because even though I was enjoying it, I was just anticipating the moment where it would begin to be bad. Yeah. And so afterwards, when it was over, and I was like, I really liked that. Like, I think they stuck the landing on that one. Yeah. Um, then I could watch it again and, like, enjoy it. Yes. No, this was... So I got very deeply invested in the TV show Lost when it was on. This this recording at 433 has everything. Yeah. There, there's <laughs> a siren child, in the background. Police siren. Apologies. Uh-huh. It's a bad one. I won't do it again. <laughs> but Lost. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I was in a band that only wrote and performed songs about Lost. Coltonic Weapon Fence were on Spotify. Check it out. Um, and, like, it's, you know, I, I was just, like, 
after every episode aired, I would be on Lostpedia and like a- adding to the like unanswered questions and like I just like my uh, identity was so wrapped up in uh, this show, which I know is like stupid, whatever. We do a Nintendo podcast. I know, I know, <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> but like, while I would watch the new episodes as they aired, I was like so nervous about like was this going to be a good one? And then after it was over. Usually the next day, but sometimes that same night, I would watch the episode again so I could enjoy it. Because <laughs> I couldn't the first time. Yeah. So that's sort of where I am with Avengers right now. Um, and, like, I don't know when when that happened. When I became, like, so excited about there being an, a new Avengers thing. I mean, I've got to say, for me, Infinity War yeah. really, uh, like, I left Infinity War being feeling invested because mm-hmm. um, I really liked the characters but you know Age of Ultron wasn't my favorite and I was burned out by the time Civil War came out and sure. so I was a little bit down on Civil War but uh, like Infinity War got me right back in it yeah. I saw Captain Marvel just a couple of weeks ago and we it just got it me like, that's right we and it just got me like more excited yeah for Endgame um, who's your favorite Avenger in the current like lineup, uh, I mean, I got a, a you know, I'm, I've got a boring answer here, and it's Captain America. Yeah, me too. I think that Chris Evans is just so good at being that character mm-hmm. and being like so earnest and so sincere. Um, Sarah and I have been uh, just kind of like watching Marvel movies um, in the weeks leading up to it, which I think sort of everyone is, which is kind of cool um, that like we're all just like excited and, and uh, like invested in it. Um, but we watched uh, Infinity War, and um, the, the you know there's a, a moment when Steve Rogers meets Groot, and Groot says, "I am Groot," <laughs> and Steve says, "I am Steve Rogers," <laughs> and like it's just it's just so earnest. I love it so much. Uh, who who is your favorite uh, Avenger? I, also, Captain America. I really like this version of Spider-Man. I wish mm. that my favorite character was somebody like Rhodey, yeah. or like something like that, because. I, you know, I think there's just something re- that would be really exciting when, like, Rhodey gets screen time if, like, I got really excited for that. Right, and, and no like, one else was. <laughs> exactly, and I'm just like, Rhodey's on screen. Rhodey's on screen, you guys. And, you know, I'm on the Rhodey Wikipedia being right. like, he's in it for, like, this many seconds, and they're all precious to me. Right, but then you would get nervous anytime <laughs> he comes on screen. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> That's the end of that. We were accompanied today by, who are we accompanied by? The Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. MA Music Theater. Do you uh, think that's Massachusetts? Well, we'll never know for sure. We we will never. We will never know. All right, Mark, let's get into the rest of the news. It's the 30th anniversary of the Game Boy. Hey, Game Boy. You're <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Hey, Game Boy. <laughs> the original Game Boy came out on April 21st, 1989 in Japan. Uh, and it also it released on July 31st in North America and September 28th in Europe. Um, Polygon's gotten a great article up about the release of the Game Boy in the West, featuring interviews with Don Coiner, the uh, Nintendo of America marketing manager at the time, Hank Rogers, founder of Bulletproof Software, and Gail Tilden, the Nintendo Power's founding editor-in-chief. Um, it's a, a really cool um, piece that Polygon put together. I would recommend that uh, you go and check it out. Um, they kind of, you know, chart um, what it was like bringing the Game Boy to the West, 
um and uh uh, what's what's the guy's name? Uh, Coiner's uh, objection to the name Game Boy. Uh, he's like, uh, it sounds weirdly gendered and like super Japanese. I don't know that it's going to play well. Um, and then uh, the um, uh, the bulletproof software guy, um, Hank Rogers, who like went to Russia to like secure the publishing rights or the exclusive publishing rights for um, Tetris. And then, like, convincing uh, Nintendo in Japan to uh, package the system with the game and all that stuff. Um, and then they also, like, get into how they approached um, Pokemon and bringing that from Japan to the West. Um, so it's it's a, a really, really cool article. And, like, if you're just looking for a way to, like, this is the way to celebrate the Game Boy's 30th anniversary. It's interesting to me that Coiner felt like Game Boy sounded very Japanese. Yeah, because it's such a part of the lexicon now. I know that it just it like th- that would not have even occurred to me. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's it, that that's why it's so interesting to look at this. And you know, there are concerns about like Pokemon, about like, oh, uh, you know, in in Japan, people are getting like the manga and then getting the anime, and that they have all this like other reference, all these other reference points for these characters and what uh, the individual Pokemon are, and that like, you know. Uh, Japanese kids are more likely to, you know, play a deep RPG, and then also people aren't going to be turned off by like the kiddishness of Pokemon, and that like these were all concerns about bringing it over to the West, and then when it got here, it's just like it became a cultural phenomenon here too. So like, I don't know, it's it's very interesting to uh, this piece um, brings out all these perspectives that seem totally alien now, like Game Boy sounding too Japanese. But at the time, you're like fretting over these decisions, yeah. Knowing that, like, the wrong one could, like, make or break the launch of a product. Yeah. And it turns out, uh, made. Game Boy was awesome, man. Um, it's, it's crazy to think how long, um, like, because Pokemon came out so late in its, uh, life, its, its life cycle, right? Like, 89 is when the, the Game Boy came out, and Pokemon's, what, like, 95, 96, something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that kept it alive for a, a, a while longer. So um yeah it just it's a, a an amazing piece of um Nintendo's history and it is 30 years old today. Konami had previously announced a Castlevania anniversary collection for Switch and other platforms. Last week we got more info on the pricing. It's just 20 bucks 19.99. Release date May 12th or excuse me May 16th, so pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And all eight games in the collection including the original Castlevania, Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest, Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse, Castlevania The Adventure, which was a Game Boy release. Castlevania 2, Belmont's Revenge, also a Game Boy release. Kid Dracula, also a Game Boy release. Super Castlevania 4, my personal favorite mm-hmm. Castlevania. And Castlevania Bloodlines for the Sega Genesis. Um, so uh, a lot of games in this collection. I'm surprised to see three Game Boy games uh, on here, including Kid Dracula, which wasn't a super well like distributed game, right? Like It was a, a remake of a Famicom game that never came to um the states and uh yeah i think just you know by the time it, it came out like people weren't really paying attention to uh that kind of game i love game castlevania boy. and for 20 bucks like i haven't played i don't know that i played any of these game boy games i think the first one doesn't have a great reputation but like kid dracula i've never played before right so that's like having that and castlevania super castlevania 4 on my switch is worth it for me for sure i have never played castlevania 3 Oh, it's great. Uh, that's what I hear. 
Uh, and it seems right up my alley. And I remember being super excited about it as a kid because just the when I was a child, just the idea of different playable characters got me excited. Um, and that game has it. Uh, and I never played it for reasons I don't know. Um, do you think that this like opens up a a window for there to be a another Castlevania collection at some point? Because this, you know, these kind of cap out in, in the 16-bit generation. I would I. L- I'm encouraged that there are Game Boy games on here. Yeah. Because, uh, one, I have no idea what that's going to look like on a Switch screen. Or, you know, like on yeah, a TV. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> but, two, I would really like to see a uh, Symphony of the Night collection, basically. So, if they take Symphony of the Night, and then they take the GBA and DS games that are all in that same style. I guess I, I don't know how you would do the DS and 3DS games necessary, or just DS games necessarily, but you could totally package the GBA ones. Yeah, and there were three of them, right? On, I on think GBA. so, at least two. Um, well, in some of those games, like uh, Symphony of the Night and a few others, maybe one other was collected on a, a PlayStation um, collection recently. I don't know. <laughs> we don't have all the information about Castlevania collections. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, the, these are all like Castlevanias of, of a type, really with maybe um, Simon's Quest being a little bit the outlier. By the way, if you're interested in Simon's Quest, Mark and I recently did a playthrough of it uh, for our Weird Retro Sequels Month. So uh, you can play it when this collection comes out on May 16th and then go back and listen to our old episode. Or if you had listened to it before and not played it, you can play it, listen to it again, and have context. That's right. Um, A little bit. I guess not. It's it's not that weird, I guess. But uh, Castlevania and Super Castlevania Four are both on the um, NES and Super NES Classic Editions, respectively. Uh, so you know those games have been uh, kind of in at least our lives. Yeah, but di- I mean they were also like Super Castlevania Four was on the Wii Virtual Console, and I'm yeah. sure it was on the Wii U Virtual Console. Um, but this will be the first time you can play it on Switch. Which, yeah. for me, like, I have my Switch plugged in all the time. I don't have my SNES Classic Edition plugged in all that sure. often. Plus, the SNES Classic Edition has to stay home tethered to your TV. You can't take it with you. Um, I, I will also mention just, uh, you know, w- you and I have uh, uh, done a, a number of episodes about, like, Game Boy games that we want to see either remade or, uh, like, packaged in some way so that we could play them again. Um, and it is super encouraging to see three Game Boy games on this list. I hope that it does well for, for Konami so other people can see, like, oh, hey, we should package... Yeah, more of that, please. Yeah, more of that, please. When Doug Bowser took over Reggie fils role as president of Nintendo of America, his previous job of senior VP of sales and marketing was filled by Nick Chavez. Welcome, Congratulations, Reggie. Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Reggie, even though he's not the president of Nintendo of America anymore... That doesn't mean he still isn't masterfully teasing Nintendo fans. This guy, man. <laughs> On his Twitter account last week, Reggie posted an image of a going-away gift he had received from Retro Studios. It's an illustration of Reggie surrounded by characters from franchises that Retro has worked with, including uh, Metroid and Donkey Kong Country. And in the lower left-hand corner, uh, they had pl- he had placed a Mario statue, and it the Mario statue is in front of another character that you can't make out. You can just kind of see its arm. Can't quite make it out. It's it's like a hand that you can see, right? Yeah, yeah. Not and even it, like a full arm. And it looks like a little mechanical hand. Mm-hmm. I'm making like turtle claw, ninja turtle claw with my hand right now. 
um, or like uh, the Vulcan um, mm-hmm. sign. Salute. What is this? I, I, so yeah, salute. Vulcan live long and prosper. It's, uh-huh. a, it's that thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So it looks like a, a, a little robot hand, and uh, we don't know what this thing is. Right. And uh, Enrique R- Rivera, a concept artist at Retro, quoted Reggie's tweet and uh, like added to it like a winky face. Uh-huh. And when someone tried to inquire more, they were like, Enrique, he posted like a uh, like a gif of Goofy, the Disney character, kind of like being bashful and like hiding uh, his face. Uh-huh. Uh, what well, wasn't the, uh, the the tweet um, asking or inquiring further about it? Just saying, is that dot dot dot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there is a character of some notoriety within uh, within retro circles. Mm hmm. That is on this thing that Reggie tweeted out, and maybe shouldn't have. Well, I mean, I think the Mario statue was placed very sure strategically. He did, he did it on purpose. Yeah. All right. Uh. Yes. Yeah. Uh. What? Uh. Wh- who do you think the character is? I have no clue. I mean, maybe it's from a game that they've been working on, and it'll be like an original character. Could be an original character. Could it be? As I have heard speculated, could it be Rob sixty four, the robot from Star Fox? And he's teasing the uh, Star Fox Grand Prix racer. I don't know. I I would love Star Fox Grand Prix to be real. Yeah. But, but your heart doesn't think it is anymore? Uh, my heart believes it's still real. I understand. My head doesn't believe it's real anymore. There have been enough, like, I don't know. When it didn't get announced, you know, in right. the past, like, couple of months, people are like, well, actually, maybe it was never real. And maybe just one person said something about it, and right. then everybody heard basically third hand right. that that's May- what was happening. And also, maybe it was like an idea that someone was working on for a little bit and then got scrapped or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah. I think, it, I mean, it sounds like it has the potential to be really cool. I do, totally. I mean, and it, no matter what, there's a kind of a question of like what has retro been up to um because they haven't put a game out since tropical freeze Mm -hmm. and you know we uh heard recently that they are taking over metroid prime 4 sort of from scratch so like you know what but you know there's like four or five years there where it's like what have they been doing yeah and there were like rumors or speculation that there are two teams inside retro and what one of the teams was working on got canceled at some point. One team always tells the truth, and the other team always <laughs> tells a lie. Right, and you meet both teams right. standing in front of two doors. Right, and you say, what game would he tell me he's working on? And it's Donkey Kong Country Returns 3. That's right. Um, reportedly, Nintendo has partnered with Chinese mega corporation Tencent to begin the process of releasing the Switch officially in the Chinese market. While neither company has officially confirmed the partnership, authorities in the Guangdong province of China recently uh, gave Tencent permission to begin distributing the Switch with a demo version of New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. Uh, it's pretty huge, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a market that Nintendo has not really had, has not entered in, in any official capacity. The regulations for the gaming market in China are really complex. I think that's one of the reasons why Nintendo was looking for a partner who is familiar with the regulatory landscape mm-hmm. in trying to get into China. Well, and it, I mean, isn't it mostly uh, uh, that like console gaming is uh, like more or less not like doesn't really have a presence there? 
Uh, yeah, I like mean, it's I mostly think mobile and, and like PC. PCs, and I think in the past few years, I mean, I think within the past five years, PlayStation mm. just barely officially had a presence there. Um, Nintendo's been dabbling in the market a little bit. We reported on maybe a year ago that they had partnered with Nvidia to release like ports of some of their games like Twilight Princess was one of them for the and, NVIDIA and Shield. Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like running on the NVIDIA Shield. But this would be the first time that they're like officially releasing Nintendo branded hardware in China. Um, and we've also seen that they've been releasing updates to their games or their recent games have just included support for simplified and traditional Chinese. Yeah, and with the um, systems being region free, uh, the switches being region free, that uh, that means that uh, someone visiting elsewhere could just pick one up and, and bring it back home. When I I was in China recently, and uh, I didn't see a ton of them, but I did see a few switches oh, okay. in the wild. So they're definitely available. Um, I don't know if they if those people had bought it like from a different country or had it imported or something. Yeah, but not. You don't see them like advertised or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, this uh, if if Nintendo could uh, crack that market, it obviously you know means a a ton of potential switches that they could move, which means uh you know more money in the Nintendo bank, which means they can maybe take more chances and we can get more games. Finally, uh, we fell asleep at the wheel a little bit. I we know that we're your number one go to source for Splatfest information. That's right. And uh, there was—I I would say all Splatoon two information. <laughs> there was a, a spring-themed Splatfest this past weekend that pit tortoise versus hare. Tortoise was more popular, but uh, Team Hare won out by a nose. Um, wh- in what way is a hare? No, the hare. I makes sense. Hare, spring-related. I get it. In what way is the tortoise spring related? Uh, <laughs> I get how it's hair related. Uh, right. I think um, they use spring colors okay. in promoting it. And uh, they couldn't think of another thing to like they couldn't. They couldn't do like a hair. Uh, Easter bunny versus Christ. They couldn't do that. <laughs> right. Exactly. They couldn't do secular versus <laughs> Christian celebrations of the, uh, of the holiday. But I mean, is a hair really Easter related either? The bunnies are Easter related. Okay, here's a great question. What's the difference between a hare and a bunny? I don't know. A similar difference between a tortoise and a turtle? Hmm. Yes. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, that helps us out uh, tremendously when we get a review. Um, we were just talking the other day that like we should get some more reviews. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, if you haven't done it yet, get over there. Uh, give it a, a certain number of stars. Five, four, the other numbers uh, as well. Three, one, two. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening.
tired. 